No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David's first act after becoming king of all Israel is to conquer Jerusalem and build his house there. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. All of Israel had come to David and crowned him as king. The first thing he wanted to do was to take Jerusalem and make it his capital city. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 6. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David said on that day, Whoever climbs up by way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Therefore, they say, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Now, when Joshua originally conquered the land of Canaan, he conquered Jerusalem and gave it to the Benjaminites. But they had been unable to drive out the Jebusites who lived there. The city of Jerusalem was strategically located. Topographically, it was the high point, Mount Moriah, and easily defendable for ancient warfare. The deep Kidron Valley was on the one side and the deep valley of Gehenna on the other side. The only side unprotected by a valley was the northern side, and that could be easily walled to defend against invaders. No wonder David wanted it for his capital. Now, the Jebusites thought that their city was impenetrable. They were so confident that no one could enter that they told David, you shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you. In other words, their weakest citizens could keep David out. Now, David knew that such a fortress had to have a water source, but there was no river going into the city. The only water source was the Gihon Spring in the Kidron Valley outside the city walls. So they reasoned there must be a hidden water shaft where they could draw water for the city in case of a siege. Therefore, David issued a challenge to his men. Whoever climbs up by way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, he shall be chief and captain. First Chronicles 11 tells us that Joab went up first and became chief. Now my wife Cindy and I are leaving for Israel tomorrow. We have never been there before. But I understand that they have excavated this water shaft so that you can view it. From the Gihon Spring, they dug through the solid rock a feeder tunnel to a cave in a place now known as the Pool Tower. Current research indicates that the inhabitants of the city apparently retrieved water from a platform connected to this tower. From this pool, a vertical shaft extended 55 feet into the city. It was this system of water shafts that Joab ascended to conquer Jerusalem. It was no easy task. Clearly, the Jebusites thought it was impossible to do. Now, David had problems with Joab, 
After Joab murdered Abner, David fired him as his general. But when David issued the challenge to ascend the water shaft, Joab met it, proving himself to be a brave warrior and capable military leader. Once again, Joab became chief of David's army. This illustrates the kind of person God uses. My dad used to say, God hates a coward. I'm not sure how accurate that is biblically, but it is certainly true that God rewards courage. Courage is closely aligned with faith, and without faith it is impossible to please God. So, is there some challenge the Lord has placed before you? Is there some impossible task for the kingdom of God you feel compelled to do? It may require overcoming insurmountable challenges. But if God is in it, then the impossible becomes possible, for nothing is impossible with God. China Inland Mission pioneer Hudson Taylor used to say, Impossible, difficult, done. We are told that David took the stronghold of Zion. This is the first time the name Zion appears in Scripture. It was on the southwest side of Jerusalem at the high point of the city, opposite what would be the Temple Mount. David would build his royal palace there. The sons of Korah would later write in Psalm 48, How great is the Lord, how deserving of praise in the city of our God, which sits on his holy mountain. It is high and magnificent. The whole earth rejoices to see it. Mount Zion, the holy mountain, is the city of the great king. Two places are known in scripture as the city of David, Bethlehem, his birthplace, and Zion in Jerusalem. I can't wait to see it because it's the joy of the whole earth. Verse 9, Then David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built all around from the millow and inward. So David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. The word millow is derived from a verb which means to fill suggesting that the millow was a retaining wall of some kind. Its exact location is unknown, but archaeologists theorize that it was a large earthen fill held together by a stepped retaining wall and situated along the southeastern hill of Jerusalem. David was going and growing. He became great because the Lord was with him. This will be the same for everyone who trusts in the Lord with all their hearts. As we go through life, we grow through life because God is with us. Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons. And they built David a house. Word had traveled to King Hiram of Tyre that the Lord was with David and he thought it wise to keep David close to him and make him an ally. Therefore, he offered cedar trees, carpenters, and masons to David to build his royal palace. And later, Solomon would reach out to Hiram to provide cedar timber to build the temple. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. No doubt, there were those days when David was overwhelmed with God's goodness. As he looked around and saw all that the Lord had given him, how merciful he had been, how he had strengthened his hands to defeat his enemies, he was blown away. But like any man, David knew himself all too well. He knew that he had faults. 
he knew that he was not deserving. Therefore, he didn't make the boast that God had made him king because he was wiser or stronger or more righteous than others. He knew it wasn't about him. God had established him as king because God cared for his people. And he saw in David a shepherd's heart and chose him to shepherd his people Israel. As a pastor, I am often overwhelmed when I consider the Lord's goodness. I know he has blessed me far more than I deserve. As I stand up on a Sunday morning to address the Lord's people, I am impressed with his amazing love for them. I feel greatly privileged to be used by Jesus to feed his sheep. But I know that there is nothing special about me. It is all about his grace and his concern for his people whom he loves. Verse 13, And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he had come from Hebron. Also more sons and daughters were born to David. Now these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Jephiah, Elishema, Eliada, and Eliphalet. Now David was not a perfect man. By that, I mean he was not sinless. I have never met a sinless person, and I'm told there's only one. God said in Deuteronomy that the king of Israel was not to multiply wives. Evidently, David skipped over that chapter. While in Hebron, he had seven wives, and when he moved to Jerusalem, he added more to his collection. Now, you can never say that God approves of polygamy. His order for marriage was established in Genesis, and endorsed by Jesus. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It is the two who shall become one flesh, not three or seven or more. This was obviously a weak area in David's life, and it would lead to problems down the road for both him and his family. We cannot improve upon God's design for our lives. Any renegade area of our hearts that we don't submit to the rule of Christ will eventually deceive, enslave, and if we don't repent, destroy us. If it doesn't destroy the body or the soul, then it will at least destroy our witness and our calling. That is why our greatest battles are waged against ourselves to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Like the people of Israel, we should come to our King Jesus and say, I want you to rule over me, over all of me. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. The Philistines heard that David was exalted, so they attacked. This is so often how Satan works. As soon as he sees that we are growing in the Lord, he attacks us to discourage us and to seek to defeat us. Now, David had defeated the Philistines before, but he didn't rely upon his past victories or wisdom or strength. Instead, he humbly inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against them? And God told him to go. We should never assume, but always confirm. 
So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of the place Baal Perazim, and they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. They didn't want to leave these images, or idols, around to stumble them, so they got rid of them. Are there images or idols in our lives that stumble us or others? Websites, magazines, movies, television programs, books, music, or apps? We need to get rid of them so that we don't fall into temptation. Don't overestimate your strength. The spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Same enemy, but David didn't want to assume that he should use the same strategy, so he inquired of God again. God gave him a very different strategy, which defeated the Philistines. Likewise, our strategy should be to seek the Lord first. That is the sure way of victory. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where David tries to move the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem to unify the nation under God, but he runs into some problems along the way. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.